for all those who have given up on the idea that God exists, for all those that have given up on unanswered prayer, for all those who have experienced disappointment after disappointment as they have trusted God in faith believing for a miracle, for all those that never thought they could hear the Lord speaking to them or that they could ever have a personal relationship with Him. Be inspired as you listen to my true life journey where as a young girl I began to hear the voice of God at an early age. And as the years went by, how he powerfully orchestrated my divine path of life while developing such a deep and genuine relationship with me that it changed my life forever. As you hear my autobiography and testimonial of my life story, it will most definitely reveal and demonstrate the reality of a true and living God. Chapter 1 From as far back as I can remember, I've always had a great desire to know God. His likes, His dislikes, His home, why He created us, and our purpose in life. Raised Catholic during my childhood years, I would attend church every Sunday with my family. I thought I was a strange kid most of the time because at a young age this was all I would focus on my attention on, which was God. At almost eight years old, I had such a great interest in going to church that as we would sing, I would dive deeply into the music, sometimes dancing or singing intimately with my eyes closed while others around questioned what was wrong with me. The Catholic Church environment was a very conservative place, so getting carried away in song was I would say a bit unusual, but I couldn't help myself. I just felt some kind of attachment to God in a deep way. Many times as the priests gave their message, I would sit and listen very attentively, not wanting to miss a thing. And even though the other children around me would try to distract me and play, I would still sit and listen very attentively. Often I would wish that there was some way a girl could become a priest. But I always felt hopeless knowing that priests were older men. And the only work that I ever assumed I could do for God when I grew up was to join the convent and become a nun. And one day after my seventh birthday, I was sitting in the living room, slouched on the couch, bored. Being in a family of seven, usually it was pretty noisy in the house, but for some odd reason, there wasn't any noise, no door slamming, 
No brothers or sisters running through the house. No television going. Nothing except my mother in the kitchen washing dishes. And all alone, I decided to get up and turn on the television. And then after I sat down and I began watching the show that was being broadcast, I instantly recognized the movie playing as Jesus of Nazareth. My dad and mom would often encourage the family to watch it during the Easter holiday. I get up and switch the channel to a kid's show, but for some strange reason, I was compelled to continue watching. And before I realized it, I had watched the entire movie, tears streaming down my face while understanding every detail of it for the first time. Looking back, I often wondered how I was able to sit through this movie from beginning to end. Jesus of Nazareth at that time was a three-part series, which was played during Easter holiday on the network station. Usually, each segment was broadcast one per day. So I question how it was impossible how was it possible that I watched the entire movie in a single day and understood in depth the details of it at seven years old? And where was everyone else? There were no interruptions throughout the movie. Also in the 1970s, a VHS tape or a DVD of the movie was not an option. This has always been a mystery to me, as well as a miracle. And after the movie ended, I ran to my room still in tears, mostly over the cross scene. Once inside the room, I fell down at the bottom of the bed and began to cry, crying louder and louder. I mean, they say, Jesus! We did this to you. We crucified you. Please forgive human beings, Jesus. It is our fault that you had to be crucified on that cross. Weeping a few minutes more, I got up and I took the picture of Jesus on my wall down and began to rock back and forth, hugging tightly to it. After a minute or two, I stopped rocking, wiping tears. I looked down at the picture saying, Jesus, I'm so sorry for all my sins that I caused you and all the sins that caused you to get on that cross. Will you still be my friend? Right after I heard him say, Jennifer, I will always be your friend. Boy, did that surprise me. I wasn't expecting to hear the Lord speak to me as he did. His voice was not audible, but I knew in my spirit that he was speaking to me. 
And I began shaking my head in confusion, saying, Jesus, how are you talking to me like this? I thought only priests could hear your voice. I didn't get a response, but continued saying, still wiping tears, Okay, if this is you, then it will be our little secret. People might think that I am crazy or something. From then on, periodically, I would hear the voice of God speaking to me, leading me down a very interesting path of life. Chapter 2 At 23 years old, I worked as an administrative assistant for a company in Gaithersburg, Maryland. My job duties entitled sitting at the front desk, greeting clients as they came through the door, answering phones, typing minutes, reports, letters, and spreadsheets, and performing any other administrative work for all other departments within the company. But mostly I worked with my office manager who gave me the majority of the workload. And during my spare time, on very rare occasions when there wasn't any work to do, I was allowed to read personal material. So on these days, I would read my favorite book series in which I was determined to finish every episode by the end of the year. Well, one day, I was sitting at my desk, gazing out the window, thinking about what to do in my spare time. I had just finished the last episode of a series I was reading called Pearl in the Mist. And was, I was a little frustrated about not having anything to read now during slow times at work. I was not looking forward to days dragging on. Sighing, I said, Great, now what am I supposed to do to keep busy? Shaking my head a little frustrated, I continued staring out the window, lost on what to do. That evening, I decided to visit my sister, Crystal. I wasn't able to visit her often because she was so busy with her newly found faith as a born-again Christian. I didn't really understand what she was going what was going on with Crystal. We were all born and raised Catholic. But something was definitely different about her. It seemed as though all she desired to do was go around telling everyone that they needed to get saved. I mean, she was like a firecracker, shooting off in all different directions. It kind of blew me away because she had so much energy and so much excitement whenever she talked about Jesus. After my experience with the Lord at seven, I heard him speaking to me many times, but still I did not understand what was going on. 
And I definitely did not experience that energy and joy that Crystal was experiencing. She had developed this special kind of relationship with the Lord, which baffled me. I always felt I was just a very weird individual who talked to God. And the priest never explained to the congregation of people that it was possible to have this kind of relationship with the Lord. So I was very ignorant in regards to his ways. Even still, the things Jesus would say to me would all come to pass. After being born again, Crystal began praying for the entire family to get saved. Well, this confused me a lot because I always believed that being a Catholic, doing good deeds, and knowing about Jesus was all I needed in order to make it to heaven. I didn't understand why Crystal would insist that we be born again in order to be saved. She would constantly advise me that I needed to read and gain greater understanding of the Bible. So getting a personal understanding of the Bible by reading it on your own time, that was not an emphasis at my church. Mostly the priest read the pamphlet scriptures to the congregation and provided the knowledge that we needed throughout their messages. After my experience with the Lord at seven, often I felt compelled to pick up a King James Bible that I had owned and read it. But as I would try to do so, I would put it down very disappointed in my inability to make sense out of it. The Bible was all foreign to me and irritating when trying to understand. As I was waiting for Crystal to come downstairs, I happened to glance over towards her end table near the couch, and there laying on it was a new international translated Bible. I don't know why, but instantaneously I walked over to the table, picked up the Bible, and began flipping through the pages. And to my surprise, I was able to understand everything I was reading, as clear as day. As a result, I began shouting for joy, and Crystal came running down those stairs, wondering what was happening to me. I just kept jumping up and down and saying, I can't believe it. I can't believe that I can understand this Bible. Crystal was so amazed about my reaction that she insisted I take it and keep it. See, up until that moment, I was not even aware that there was such a thing as a New International Version translated Bible. But I was sure glad to find out about it. Well, the next day at work, during my free time, I just couldn't wait to start reading my new Bible. And to my surprise, I barely had any work to do that entire day. And I was able to read multiple chapters. And each day after that, 
the workload became less and less until finally it seemed like I was showing up to work just to read the Bible and get paid for it. It was unbelievable. Unbelievable. Well, one day, my office manager came by my desk hesitantly. I asked her if reading the Bible in the office was okay. I began feeling funny. That was reading more than doing anything else, pretending to work. Well, she said, Jennifer, I don't understand why there's, why there's not as much work for you to do today or lately. But what, what can I say? I can't send you home because we need you here to greet the clients and answer the phones. So if you want to read the Bible during your free time, then it's fine with me. And so day after day, I read more and more of God's word. And I began understanding the deep love of God, his character, and his nature. I began to understand more about salvation and the love of Jesus. My knowledge of God was literally being transformed by reading his word. I could not get enough of the Bible. It became alive to me. And all I wanted to do was fill my spirit with this awesome heavenly food. The excitement and the joy that my sister was experiencing. I now began to experience as well. Chapter 3 About two months after I started reading the Bible, the Lord spoke and told me to leave Maryland and move to Florida to finish school. Well, at that time I had just graduated from a community college with my associate's degree in office technology as an executive secretary. I had no idea what he meant by finished school, but I assumed he meant a university. I was fine with the idea of moving to Florida because when I was young, I always knew I would be living there one day. However, I was extremely nervous about leaving my job. There weren't any sister companies located in Florida in which I could transfer. So quitting my job would place me in a position where I would have to look for another opportunity. I really loved where I worked. I received excellent pay and benefits. So quitting would not be an easy task. But I was willing to go where Jesus was leading. That weekend after I was given instructions to relocate, I decided to visit a Catholic prayer garden called a grotto, which was located in Thurmont, Maryland. Within the grotto are many statues of past saints, apostles, crucifixes, and 
prayer sanctuaries scattered throughout multiple garden walkways. I decided to spend quality time in prayer with Jesus that day. I needed a reassurance that I was hearing from him about moving, but mostly I wanted to love on him throughout my prayer time there. The connection between the Lord and I had grown very strong during my months of Bible study. And I grew extremely close to Jesus in many ways. I began to realize through His Word that I was truly hearing from Him. It was amazing to see how many times He spoke to individuals all throughout the Bible. And also the more I consumed myself in God's Word, the more I felt such great presence of the Lord during my prayer time with Him. Jesus felt so close, tangible, so very nearby. And the more I read His Word, the more hungry, the more hungry I grew to knowing Him. Many times at lunch, I would hardly eat natural food. All I wanted to do in that time was meditate on the Lord in prayer and sing my favorite song. I love singing to Him. I need Thee. Oh, I need Thee. I grew to love Jesus in so much so much during this very special time at lunch. Often I would sit in my car and invite him to sit in the seat next to me. I felt such a strong presence of the Lord. And all I could do was weep and cry out for more. As I was walking through the gardens, I walked up to a very large crucifix of Jesus located at the back of the grotto. I was feeling his presence very strong that day. But as well, such heaviness. I didn't know what was wrong with me while I was feeling this heaviness. Before I knew it, looking up, I began crying uncontrollably. Sobbing, I cried out to the Lord, saying, Jesus! Oh, Jesus! I want more of you, Lord. I want more of you. But all I see around me are these statues. But Jesus, you are more real to me than this. Please help me to know you more, Lord. Please help me to get away from what I've always known. Because you are much, much more real to me than this, Jesus. So much more than even this place. It was a cloudy day, and I looked as though it would rain soon. It looked as though it would rain soon, so I began walking back closer to the entrance of the grotto. 
As I got closer to the exit, I noticed a distant garden with a very large manger of Jesus, Mary and Joseph. So I walked over, still feeling the heaviness that I had experienced earlier. And I stood there longing for more of Jesus in ways I had never known. And once again, I began weeping, saying, Please, Jesus, I need more of you. Please help me to understand what is happening to me. I have such a great hunger for you that I can't explain. After saying this, I looked up in the sky and noticed a beam of sunlight coming out from the clouds. The ray of the light was shining over top of where I was standing. And after a moment, I started feeling the heaviness lift. And looking off to the right where I was standing, there was a gazebo in the corner of the garden. Walking over to it, I decided to spend my remaining time in prayer there, baffled at what was happening to me. I sat silently, meditating on the Lord. Chapter 4 That following evening, my sister Crystal asked me if I would like to go to a church revival on a college campus in Steubenville, Ohio. I had never heard of a revival before, but was growing so hungry for the Lord during those past months that all I wanted to do was surround myself with anything that pertained to Him. So agreeing, I said, sure Crystal, I'll go. That following morning, as we were driving along the mountainous banks, leaving Maryland and heading towards Ohio, was mesmerized by the beauty all around me. It was in the month of September and during the fall. And the leaves on the mountains, they would turn such beautiful colors of yellow and brown and red and orange. The drive was awesome in view of the mountain after mountain of these rainbow colored leaves. I had such a wonderful anticipation that something powerful was about to happen, but did not have any clue on what it could possibly be. All I knew was that my chariot would soon deliver me high up on the mountain to a place of great expectation and uncertainties. Once arriving on campus, my sister and her friend Teresa got out and began unloading the luggage from the trunk. And when I stepped out of the car, just looking around at the campus, I got weak in the knees and shaky. I felt as if I would fall. And the presence of God was so strong there. I never felt the Lord's presence as strong as I had at that moment. Two more of my sister's friends, Carol and Rick, arrived. I began chatting with Crystal and Teresa. I was introduced and we all went into the lobby to check into the visitor dormitories. Crystal, Teresa, and I were all sharing a room. Carol and Rick and some of their family members were in rooms adjacent from ours. After checking in and unloading the rest of the luggage, it was time to go to the first service, located in the sanctuary near the center of the campus. And since it was not far from our rooms, Crystal, Teresa, and I decided to walk. 
I noticed so many kids from 18 to early 20s walking around the campus singing sweet music to the Lord, joyous and happy. It looked, it looked as if they were glowing. I was amazed to see this many kids my age excited about Jesus. But nothing could prepare me for what was about to happen next. Once inside the sanctuary, as we were finding our seats, Rick came over and invited us to sit with his family a few rows back. We agreed and we walked over to where the family was seated. Rick turned to me while I was sitting down and said, Jennifer, brace yourself. You are about to experience something that I'm sure you've never experienced before. I couldn't imagine what Rick was talking about, but that shaking I had experienced when I got out of the car, it started happening to me again. And I commented back to Rick saying, yeah, Rick, I believe you're right. I was so weak in the knees that I had to sit down quickly in the booth. It's hard to explain the experience I was having at the time. It was like a strange but wonderful sensation, kind of like an overwhelming explosion of joy. Chapter 5 Many college kids began gathering into the sanctuary by the dozens. I just couldn't believe that this many kids would have such an interest in coming to a church service. Most kids I grew up with seemed as though they dreaded going to church. It was just expected of them to show up, but they were not enthusiastic about it. Since my experience at seven, I was always eager to go to church, but also I thought I was just a very weird child. I was completely blown away at what I was seeing that day in Steubenville. So many college kids coming to the sanctuary, excited to be there. And once the service began, the congregation of people started singing such awesome music to the Lord. I was so amazed at watching these college kids jumping up and down for joy, singing, dancing, clapping freely as the music was playing. I had never witnessed any service as alive as this. The church congregations I attended were very conservative. Many times, however, I felt compelled to want to dance freely, to jump, shout, and even clap. But whenever I would attempt to do so, the people would stare at me as if I were being over, overly obnoxious, causing me to stop what I was doing and be still. I couldn't believe what I was witnessing in this congregation. Rick noticed I was in awe of what was happening and smiling. He said, Jennifer, why don't you join in with the praise and worship? It's okay to dance and sing freely here. I looked at Rick confusingly because I had never heard singing and dancing to the Lord referred to as praise and worship. I was a little hesitant about joining in because of my experiences throughout the years. However, this is what I had been longing for most of my life, to sing and dance freely in the house of God. I began weeping from excitement with everything that was happening in the moment. 
and unable to contain myself any longer, I jumped to my feet, and I joined in the praise. After a while of dancing, shouting, and clapping, the praise slowed down to worship, and many in the congregation began loving on the Lord with his hand, with their hands lifted high as they sang such moving songs at that moment. I was completely overwhelmed with emotion and love. I was feeling so much love for Jesus. All I could do was stand in awe of him, crying uncontrollably. I could hardly believe there was such a place like this. I'd never been to a service where people, including kids, could love on the Lord so freely. At that moment, I was extremely grateful that He had brought me here to partake in all that was happening around me. As the worship came to an end, the presence of God I was feeling was far beyond anything that I had felt during my prior experiences. I was shaking all over and completely unable to stand. Rick sat down beside me in the pew and said, Jennifer, don't be surprised if you hear others speaking in another language. They are praying in their heavenly language. I turned to Rick, still shaking uncontrollably and nodded okay. After the final worship song, it seemed as though a burst of energy surged through the congregation. Some people began shaking vibrantly out of control. Some were laying prostrate on the ground near the pews, praying and crying out to the Lord. Some went to the altar weeping. Others ran around the church praising and shouting. And some, as Rick mentioned, were praying in other languages. I had no clue what was happening in the church or what was happening with me. With all my strength, I pulled myself up to ask Rick what was going on, but as I opened my mouth to ask, I as well began speaking in some other language. I instantly stopped talking, not knowing what was happening to me, but Rick quickly turned and said, Jennifer, just let the Holy Spirit pray through you. Do not be afraid to speak in a new tongue. You are praying spirit-filled prayers unto God. After a brief message during the remaining time of the service, I witnessed people being delivered and set free from bondages in their life, others receiving healing in their bodies, and some going around the congregation praying for the needs of others. Carol and Rick, Teresa and Crystal, along with a few of Rick's family members, gathered around me and began praying for some generational strongholds in my life to be broken. As they started to pray for me, I felt as if I were being free from something that had a tight grip over me. Once they had finished praying, I turned to Rick and asked him what that hold over me was pertaining to, and he mentioned that the Lord had showed him I was freed of a religious spirit, which was holding me bound from being able to be free in the Lord, to operate in the gifts of the Holy Spirit, and to experience the freedom to dance, shout, clap, and worship the Lord with an open heart mind and spirit as a congregation of people began leaving the sanctuary I sat in a pew in the back of the church alone meditating on what had just happened tears were streaming down my face and such gratitude of what I experienced that evening overwhelmed with emotion 
fell to the ground. I sat hugging the leg of the pew. I did not want to leave the sanctuary. All my life, this one experience is what I had been longing for. Even though I was born and raised in the Catholic Church, there was always this unexplainable spiritual void in my life that I did not understand. The overwhelmingly closeness and tangible experiences I had with the Lord that evening were just the beginning of a huge puzzle in my life that was carefully being put together. Later that evening, Carol and I were outside the dormitory reminiscing about the service, still shaky and feeling a strong presence of the Lord. I turned to her saying, Why is it that we cannot experience the Lord's presence like this in every church service wherever we go? Shaking her head, she commented, Well... Jennifer, many people do not hunger and thirst after the Lord. The cares of life circumstances consume the hearts of many, and leaving no room for the presence of God in their life. In order to receive what we have received today, a small portion of heaven on earth, an individual must hunger and thirst after the Lord more than hungering and thirsting after their own lives.